Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallat. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers podcast. And today, everybody, we're discussing the finality to the Jurassic World trilogy, Jurassic World Dominion. We're also going to be raking all six of the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World movies. So if you want to skip right to that, there are timestamps available in the episode description. First, guys, I just wanted to mention the passing of Philip Baker Hall, who is... An all-time character actor who's in so many different kinds of movies for so many decades. He's in Midnight Run, Say Anything, Talented Mr. Ripley. He's a longtime collaborator with PTA. He's especially great in Hard Eight, PTA's first movie. If you just want to see how to act, you watch that movie. You watch Philip Baker Hall in it. Zodiac, Argo, amongst many, many others. He was absolutely phenomenal, and he will be greatly missed. A uh, weekly watch list, guys. Matt, what have you been watching this week? Um, besides the Jurassic movies, I watched... Well, I didn't even manage to watch all the Jurassic movies. But um, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once Again. Mm-hmm. Which, that movie just hits every time for me. I've, I've seen it three times now since it came out. And I, when it came on VOD, I had to pick it up. Um, funny story about that one, though. When I, I purchased it from Vudu, and... Uh, basically what happened when I was trying to listen to, or listen to, when I was trying to watch the UHD cut of the movie, it, the audio description was just like stuck on. So in, for like oh. the A24 logo, it's like, it's like rainbow and white letters coming together to form A24 and then like, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just, I couldn't turn it off for the life of me. I ended up, uh, I ended up having to update the Voodoo app on my TV but it was just so obnoxious. It's like that's funny. <laughs> um, and then I also watched a documentary a couple days ago called Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Oh yeah, how was that? It was very good. I um, I really, you know, it gave a lot of perspective, and it was very, it was very touching. But it was also it also didn't really sugarcoat things about his life. It was very like raw and real. Like it really. I think it was very well done. Um, it literally it had a ton. Like the whole movie was just almost entirely cut with archival footage from over the years of his filming his shows. Um, brilliantly cut between interviews with like his family and friends, and um, it was just very a very well made, touching tribute. Um, it, it definitely. You know, it's a it's a tragedy what happened with him, right? Uh, and it was it was pretty powerful at certain parts just to think about, but definitely worth the watch. Um, um, and like I said, a great tribute to a legend. I just want to say on that, I'm glad it wasn't sugarcoating it because I think if there's one person that doesn't want their story sugarcoated, it's Anthony Bourdain. He was yeah, really open about point. his struggles. So, a hundred percent, yeah. And that that was kind of the running theme is like you know. The, he he just the type of guy he was he you know they didn't shy away from it like he was it was really like like there was stuff i truly didn't even realize about him until i watched this movie so it was pretty informative it was basically a rags to riches story can you imagine watching a documentary and then after two hours you go i knew everything before i walked in (laughs) i learned nothing from this but but like a so like a fun fact is like he he obviously got his start as a chef and a cook 
Um, and then he had his novel that he came out with, or his, his book that he came out with, Kitchen Confidential. And right. that's kind of that was kind of like the catalyst of what spawned his whole career and his later life with all the travel shows and a lot of the stuff. Like he he wasn't much of a traveler before he started doing TV, really. Hmm. So a lot of it, it kind of puts a fresh perspective on a lot of the shows because like you're experiencing the stuff, especially his earlier work, like as he is, you know. And yeah. I just thought that was an interesting, interesting thing to hear about and see. And like I said, just tons of really well shot archival footage, like very well cut together. Highly recommend it. All right, check out Roadrunner. Tyler, what do you got? I watched the new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle. Um, this is I love this movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, the the key to making a good movie is just taking Adam Sandler and putting him with an NBA player. Um, and then you got you got gold on your hands, <laughs> but uh, once again, I mean, like Uncut Gems, he's phenomenal in a uh, dramatic role. Uh, I'm glad it was produced by uh, what's his production company? I can't think of that. Happy mind. Madison. Happy Madison, because I'm glad they can get some good movies rather than <laughs> some of the, some of the crap yeah. that they made. Um, but absolutely, give this a watch. It's it was two hours, but it flew by. Um, I was invested um, throughout the whole thing genuine emotion great acting even from Juancho Hernan Gomez who was an NBA player um, I don't know if he's on a team currently he was on the Celtics at the beginning of the year um, he's it's his acting debut and he's really good in it um, Boban Marjanovic his second role after John Wick 3 knockout cameo in that also I don't know I know you said you, all you gotta do is pair Adam Sandler with an NBA player but Shaq was in Grown Ups too so where how does that fit your life? I stand by the grown-ups films. <laughs> you know, that's a talk for another day, but I like them. Actually, Shaq, I think Shaq's been in multiple Happy Madison things. I don't remember what else, but I remember grown-ups Fine. too. Shaq's the exception. No, nah, <laughs> we'll it say works Shaq's for everything. The yeah, and, and like you said about Sandler taking on a more serious role, even amongst his more serious roles, you know, like he's playing Barry Egan in Punch Drunk Love, um, he's in Uncut Gems. Those are still like very distinct characters who are very zany. Um, yeah. Whereas this character is just, I don't want to say like regular guy because he is deep and he's got a lot of emotion and he's got a great story. But it is, I would say, the most like dramatic regular guy that he mm -hmm. has played. Except maybe like that. Spanglish, but this movie is better. Yeah. I also watched Hustle. For anyone who doesn't know, it's about a scout for the Sixers. He dreams of coaching, and he finds opportunity in an unknown player who he hopes to mentor into stardom. Uh, directed by Jeremiah Zager, who did a great job. Written by Taylor Matern and Will Fetters. This one, like, really wrote me in even more than I thought it to. It's a really touching story about two people who need each other, about what you do in the face of regret, and when it, what you do when it feels like everything in the world is against you. It's also a really cool way to modernize the sports story, the sports movie, without throwing the modern age like into your face. So many times when we see movies that are like deliberately trying to be modern, they just throw every current thing directly onto the camera. But this one didn't do this. It felt very much in the real world. Uh, Sandler's great. Juancho Hernagobas is great. Queen Latifah is awesome to see her. You know, we're, guys, we're all tired of the training montage at this point. The 80s kind of killed that one. But 
This movie has an excellent one that it just like keeps going and going and going, but it changes rhythm throughout and you feel like you're really there with the characters. The whole movie just really maintains a good tone. I also appreciate how this one adds another good entry into the basketball movie catalog because basketball is my favorite sport, but it has not traditionally had the best movies. Um, So anything we can do to correct that legacy, I'm good for. So before we go to Jurassic World Dominion, I just want to tell you a brief story about my theater-going experience. (laughs) (laughs) I walked into the theater... And I was picking up my ticket, and there were these two elderly women, like, off to the side, and there was the wall of movie posters, and they were looking at the poster for Avatar 2. (laughs) And they were like, didn't we take Christopher to the first one when he was in high school? And I'm like, is Christopher now 90 years old? (laughs) Hey, it could have been a grandson. I'm not I'm not disputing like the relationship. It's like they just said it like it was the longest ago thing that had ever happened. <laughs> the, the, the the twist is it's not their grandson, it was it's their husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that they walked out of Avatar the first time, took Christopher home, and then didn't think about Avatar one time in these 13 years, and now they're just remembering it for the first time. That poor Christopher's like, I can't wait to see another one of these. Yeah. <laughs> now, now he's like, now he's got a job for a Fortune 500 company. He, he forgot about Avatar. And James Cameron came over, touched his soldier. I'm sorry, buddy. The technology isn't there yet. <laughs> I've uh, I've got a theory experience to to match yours. Oh please, please. Um, this one, I guess this one's a little bit more muted as far as like the hilarity. But um, let's just say, okay, so the plan was the three of us were supposed to go at the same time. Then Mike yes. decided he had more fun out. plans, which I don't uh, I don't know how that's even possible, but it isn't. Um, so. I was like, uh, I was like, okay, let me see if I can refund this ticket. Then, if I can't, it's fine. Um, but I was able to refund the ticket, and I wasn't thinking about this until we got into the theater. So I refunded Mike's ticket. It's just, it was just me and Tyler on the end seats, and I get in there, and I'm just we're sitting there, and next thing you know, I'm I'm like i'm thinking to myself i'm like you know what i should have uh i should have kept mike's ticket and that way we would have had uh, like a seat buffer between the people oh yeah us and the people next to us right but i hadn't that hadn't occurred to me but no sooner did i state that this (laughs) young couple maybe they couldn't have been older than like 18 19 come waltzing in just sit plop down right next to me and they're talking 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 through the freaking previews which granted mean we're always shooting the shit through the previews as well but yeah or it's just like I should have, I should have kept it. I should have kept it. Tyler like was giving me the death stare. Like you should have kept it. Like <laughs> now you guys know how I feel. See, see, there's a difference between talking in the previews, like hey, oh, that looks bad or whatever, and like having a life of conversation <laughs> in the middle of the previews. <laughs> yeah, true. I, and then bringing a baby in, <laughs> into ambulance, bringing an infant baby, not just like a toddler, but like an infant. Yeah. The baby was better behaved than the people you're describing, though, so yay, baby. <laughs> Honestly, uh, they calmed down by the time the movie started, so it was fine. Oh, good. Well, I guess the unfortunate thing is that that was probably the most fun any of us had in our theater experience of Jurassic World Dominion. Probably, yeah. 
this movie here let me tell you what this movie's about dinosaurs are now loose in the world all right all right owen and claire have to save their clone surrogate daughter from kidnappers who want her dna and dr ellie sattler reunites with alan grant and ian malcolm to solve the case of rogue locus that's what this movie is about jurassic world dominion (laughs) Uh, this is directed by Colin Trevorrow, written by him and Emily Carmichael, who had previously written Pacific Rim Uprising. Matt, what are your general thoughts? Would you recommend this one? I honestly didn't hate it. I was entertained. It was fine. It certainly wasn't the best movie of the year by any means. Um, but, I mean, it's 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 tough for me to, to say much more than that, though, because... The script was a, was a mess, but it was almost amusing in how messy it was to the point where I think that's where I got most of my entertainment, mm-hmm. was just laughing at just how this script made it all the way into production and release. Yeah. Um, the directing, the... Honestly, I, I'm cutting... The most slack I'm cutting is for the actors. I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, like, they, they weren't great, but they're also... This kind of ties more into the directing. Like, they weren't really corrected in <laughs> in the rough acting either. So it's like... Mm-mm. I mean, ultimately, they're, they're, do, they're there to do a job. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was across the board, too. The, the mediocre acting was across the board. So you can't really point to one person. Um, overall, I, it was definitely a mess, but I found myself... I was at least entertained by it. That said, I'm not in a rush to go back to it. So very, very uh, lukewarm feelings on it. I, I hesitate to recommend it unless you're a huge fan of the franchise. And even then, you might be let down, depending on how big of a fan you are. Like, this is arguably Rise of Skywalker level of... Hmm. of uh, it's an interesting comparison. Which, I, And honestly, I said this before. If I cared half as much about the Jurassic movies as I did about Rise of Skywalker, I would be livid about this movie, I'm sure, but it's like... Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to compare these two franchises later when we do our rankings, but Tyler, go ahead. So I thought at first glance this would be kind of an interesting movie, like, you know, like, I I don't want to spoil Fallen Fallen Kingdom, that was the last one, right? They all blend together with these titles, Fallen Kingdom, but... (laughs) You know, at the end, you get this speech of like, oh, now humans and dinosaurs are going to be have to live together like now. And um, in this movie, they, they, they don't. It's just kind of like a minor inconvenience. They're like, oh, there's some dinosaurs flying. There's some dinosaurs in a field. But that's really all they're affecting us until the plot requires it to, you know, just be there. Throughout yeah, the movie, yeah. like they don't use this at all. Like it's not these, these dinosaurs aren't out and about. They just kind of like appear when they're needed, and it's so lame. Listen, this movie the, the... needed because you know the dinosaur spectacle is not there anymore. Like it's not that cool anymore. I'm sorry, we've seen so many Jurassic Parks. So you needed a good story to anchor this, and the anything with the humans was terrible. Anytime there were no dinosaurs on the screen, this movie was laughably bad, horrible acting. From almost everyone, I think they did the legacy characters terribly. Um, for someone who's a fan of the first one, um, but I like, oh my god, the whole cloning aspect was so dumb. I could not care at all, and yet they kept delving into her backstory. I don't care about this character, and even the dinosaur scenes, I wasn't that thrilled by. 
I, I just thought they weren't that cool. Uh, you know, like, you, they took the no time to die bike chase almost exactly <laughs> and then just threw dinosaurs into it, and it's just kind of lame. Mm, you yeah. got, like, a plane scene that was lame. Like, almost all the action scenes were that, like, I was just like, uh, this is going to end soon. So I, I don't recommend this movie to anyone, especially if you're a fan of the first one. If you're a fan of the other ones only, which, what what is that? You, you, maybe you'll like it, but <laughs> I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I this movie is quite entertaining but it's quite bad. And I like I don't like to rag on movies just to rag on them, but the story is it's just like aimed in the wrong direction. The story didn't seem like it was about dinosaurs. The editing is really awkward at times. The dialogue is just like atrocious in some sections. And even the performances, you know, even from those people we've loved for decades, not good. Um, the dinosaur stuff, I agree, Matt, is actually pretty good. There's some really suspenseful dino action that they could have played up a lot more. The main issue of the movie is that you have the concept of dinosaurs loose in society. Mm-hmm. Great concept. Yes, that's that what could I was have produced. Yeah, it could have produced a lot of great movies. But they put the dinosaurs on the back burner. When I first saw that there was a whole plot of locusts, I thought. Oh, this could be cool if you're exploring other non-dinosaur prehistoric species. But they didn't clone them, so that wouldn't have made sense. But, like, that's not what the story is about. So the dinosaurs, which, lest we forget, is the reason people come to see the movie, they almost felt like an accessory to this human drama that makes no sense at all. They focused on the wrong things. This franchise was... I think just think built in the wrong direction, even though I don't think the first Jurassic World is that bad, but none of the execution has stuck the landing at all. Um, you know, the again, the role of the dinosaurs in the world, first of all, like, wouldn't, wouldn't there have been a bigger effort just to take them all out? Well, you, you bring up a good point, and I just want to make this while we're talking about it. Which, first of all, yeah, that was my thought. It was like, the militaries of the world aren't trying to kill the dinosaurs. <laughs> like, they're just like, this is fine. They just leave them. But also, like, when you think of the setup of this movie of, like, dinosaurs in society, and then they're like, let's do a thing where there's, like, big locusts, and that's going to be the, the main thing that everyone's worried about. Not the dinosaurs, the big locusts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't forget there's a lot of anti-capitalist uh, undertones with that locust storyline. I, I get that, and I get that's where they were going. But use the dinosaurs! <laughs> Have dinosaurs roaming the streets! True. And their solution, which we'll get to later, it's just the locust thing. I just I don't, I don't get that <laughs> so whatsoever. It's nonsense. Um, the you know it's a crazy thing because Jurassic Park in '93 the dinosaurs looked amazing and it holds up and they look good here for the most part but like like you said Tyler the spectacle is gone mm-hmm. it's not like their image has improved that much in all these years and also some of these dinosaurs like particularly some of the baby ones they just looked like something that came out of the Return of the Jedi just like this very like puppet. <laughs> weird kind of thing that just didn't look like it belonged with all the others. This movie is also full of people saying each other's names and what they do. It's just like, oh, you're Alan Grant. Oh, you're Owen. You train raptors, right? (laughs) There's so much of that stuff. And I'm like, yes, we all know who people are. 
Why do we have to keep saying this? Is it because Trent was going around asking people their names and occupations? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an old situation. Another thing is, enough with the holding the hand out. Please, stop. Oh, yeah, That's all you oh have to God. do is hold your hand out to a raptor. And they'll they'll telepathically understand all your English words. That was and the it's all good. That was the entirety of the trilogy. It's just them with their hands <laughs> to raptors. Yeah. The... Now I don't want to seem too negative. I I do want to name some positive stuff. I just want to save that for the spoiler section. Um, before we get to that, you guys mentioned the legacy characters. We get Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum returning. I thought the nostalgia just did not work at all in this movie. Especially, like, this is not the first time that they've come back. Um, Laura and and Sam return to Jurassic Park 3, and Jeff Goldblum is Ian Malcolm's the main character of, of the Lost World Jurassic Park. I don't, Were you guys happy to see it? What were your feelings on them kind of making this, like, it's like the legacy sequel, but in the third of a new series. Well, that's that's kind of my problem with it, and it's like a thing with like movies nowadays. It's just like you're just gonna force the legacy people in. So like, what was the point of the new characters when you're just gonna be like, now nah, you got the old characters too, and now mm. they're working together? Just kind of annoying, lazy. But like, this would have worked better as a cameo or something of them, and not making them the main characters when I'm supposed to care about these other three that I don't care about already. <laughs> You know, I I was admittedly indifferent about the nostalgia stuff, and usually I'm a bit of a nostalgia head. Um, I think what they wanted to evoke, my comparison of like a good, and I don't even know if I'd call this a nostalgia thing, but a good like separate groups of characters in a lineage teaming up and working together and kicking butt. It rem- I feel like what they what it should have been was like a Power Rangers team up. Like you get the Power Rangers from uh, like mm. one season teaming up with the Power Rangers of another season and then they all team up and then kick butt and all that. And I think that's what a lot of these nostalgia remakes try to emulate. Or not not specifically Power Rangers, but just that dynamic of like old and new collaborating in, against a new threat. But the problem is this: the way it was done in this was just not effective. Speaking of Power Rangers, if this movie ended with them creating like a Megazord to fight the T Rex, I would have liked it a lot more. If that was like, they, just, yeah. they just like formed together to create a mech that they just beat the dinosaurs up with, I would have been, I would have liked it more. Yeah, it, it's too bad because it's like a fun crew here. You know, Chris Pratt. I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I want to see her in things that aren't this um isabella sermon as the young girl i tell you the, like the faux the parenting stuff between <laughs> the adults and her was so like in like the first 10 minutes there's a random scene where bryce dallas Howard is like hey just because you're a clone doesn't mean you're a person not a person and there's like a music swell <laughs> and i'm like what is this and then when she goes to like th- these are not i I'm sorry if I'm spoiling, like, these inconsequential scenes. But then when she's like, I'm leaving on my bike, and Bryce is like, no, you're not. But then she just, like, stands there and watches her go. (laughs) Like, none of that needed to be in the movie. Um, Dewanda Wise made it as Kayla, 
made a very good addition. I, I Again, she was a really cool character who could have been used much, much better. All right, you guys ready to get into spoilers? Because this is kind of a, a tough conversation to have without yeah, mentioning absolutely. some specific things. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. So this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. If you have not seen the following movie, please go watch that movie and come back or accept the consequences. The dinosaur stuff, I agree, Matt. You made a great point. It's pretty good. Um, the Malta scene, we have like the dinosaur underground fighting. We have the chase scene. I d- <laughs> Laser pointer the- directed dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, look that that underground scene in Malta it reminded me a lot of like a of like a Mus Eisley cantina vibe. Yeah, it was cool. Like I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was really cool. That. But the, the context and the, just if I felt like that was a waste to have set up this whole dinosaur black market and then just have it be for that one scene. And yeah, then, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to talk about the laser pointer dinosaur things real quick. So like, I like how they had to come up with a device for why dinosaurs would be chasing people. Like, we we, we would just wouldn't accept they'd just be chasing someone because they're dinosaurs. <laughs> they need to be guided by a laser pointer. <laughs> I mean, you make a good point. Also, one thing that I noticed is that this movie contains a lot of people outrunning dinosaurs, <laughs> outrunning like raptors. <laughs> and if you look at the people, they're not running very fast. It's not like Usain Bolt is outrunning a raptor and you're like, okay, okay. It's like somebody like mildly jogging from one corner of a building to the next and you're like, oh, they got away. I, I briefly mentioned this to Matt and to you, Matt, afterwards. And I'm like, they yeah. really felt like they just kind of like weakened the dinosaurs. Like they're just kind of an inconvenience, like I said earlier. Yeah. And it's really dumb because the whole spectacle is the dinosaurs. Why are you making them so in- incompetent at doing anything? But guys... Wasn't it sick when that one dinosaur got clotheslined <laughs> by a between the two cars? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it seemed. It was okay. It seemed a little silly. Um, How about the guy that was the guy that was scootering between the two giant T Rexes? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. He didn't notice the T Rexes in the wide open city square and he just scootered next to them. He thought it was an art piece, guys. Come on. Uh, the in the beginning we get this like world of dinosaurs report and there was that <laughs> that video of like the little girl being chased by dinosaurs yeah, and like a horseman <laughs> who was filming that <laughs> like this is adorable <laughs> you just let her be chased by dinosaurs but look only only like 30-something people died of dinosaurs between the last movie and this one, apparently. <laughs> Which I feel like is a very low number. <laughs> it's like, again, the yeah. premise is so neutered. It's so it's, bad. Well, that's what I found this opening so funny. Because that was an effective way to bring about, like, oh, dinosaurs are affecting our everyday lives. And that's like, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> they're not that bad. <laughs> it was the same with that, like, they, later they show the woman on the beach. And, like, the pterodactyl-like ones are, like, flying at her. She's like, oh! <laughs> like people are just watching it no one's doing anything it's um, just it's just like a wild pack of seagulls it's the same thing <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. but you know there there are glimpses of really good stuff in here we get um we get claire 
going under the water right when she's doing like that slow crawl and that huge dinosaur is just above the surface and it roars at her i thought that was really great like more of that stuff would have worked um but there's like this is two and a half i will say that for a two and a half hour movie it moved pretty quick but it was just kind of filled with some nonsense stuff the dino biting the cage around Maisie, uh the clone girl i thought that was pretty good too also the perhaps the best was um when owen falls into the water and that dinosaur is like circling them underneath the ice um the only thing with that scene is once he gets out of freezing cold water that's hypothermia in 30 seconds like there's no just like shrugging it off like oh i'm good no you're you freeze when that happens not when you're the main character (laughs) that's that's true it says that in the script (laughs) do you guys have a favorite dinosaur moment um i like the final showdown with like the t-rex and the uh i forgot what the other one was called when they're like kaiju fighting and then there's like the the flying one with like the talons and then the t-rex does that money shot with uh where he like lines up with the fountain to make the logo i thought that was cool i i I thought it was was corny as hell but it was cool it was it was just like a retread of the final fight in Jurassic World, which is when they bring in the T Rex to fight. No, but there was three dinosaurs this time. Yeah, which it was fine. <laughs> was, I just there wasn't Jurassic World too because the Raptor and the T Rex teamed up against the Indo- oh Indo- yeah, Indo- yeah. Okay. whatever they call fair it. Fair enough. Indominus and then Rex. like when all the people are standing under them, and then Alan Grant is like. This isn't about us. Like, what's that? What is what is that line? It means like they're not fighting us. We're good. We can just go in peace. I was I was more entertained by the giant dinosaurs in this one than I was in Godzilla vs Kong. So there's that going for it. High praise for a, a, a franchise based around. I also I. Why do we care who wins in this dino fight? But, yeah, That's, that was my other question. Like, there are no stakes as far as the dinosaurs because again our our attention is supposed to be pointed in the direction of the people and them getting away beyond that who cares about the dinosaurs besides blue who's just waiting around for the the baby raptor to be rescued (laughs) so stupid there are quite quite some pieces of dialogue in here every everything by uh was it campbell scott uh yeah i'm sorry (laughs) that was that was really tough can we can we get a ceo in a modern day movie where they don't just try to do a bad steve jobs impersonation like it does not work well in movies i'm sorry it didn't uh don't look up (laughs) it didn't i yeah i I like mike mark rylance in that um (laughs) In the beginning, when when Alan Grant, when he's like saying, "In the truth is, in the ground is truth," and that's why we dig, and then they cut to him just like lecturing to no one at the dig site. <laughs> like there's like two young women on their phones, like scrolling. Yeah, what what were they like, doing? Who were they? <laughs> I, like why were you there? And he's just like, "This is the best human discovery ever," and nobody's listening. It's a, it's a millennial <laughs> joke. It's because millennials don't 
pay attention to anything but their phones. What, why are know. they there? What are they doing on the site? <laughs> to be a millennial joke. It's topical. Millennial, these darn no. young people and their phones. Hey, they later say we're the best and brightest, our young, the young folks. Oh, yeah. Let, let me jump to that when they're... Well, they're at the research facility, and Alan's like, oh, everyone's so young here. And the guy, Ramsey, is like, oh, well, we only want the best and brightest. So all old, all old people, the people who have been studying their field for the longest, are stupid, is what is what that is saying. Speaking of Ramsey, I, I love that, like, with him, it basically just brings the Jurassic Park cinematic universe into the Marvel fold. Why? Who is he? He's obviously got to be Nightcrawler or something because of how much he teleports in this movie. Oh, oh, oh. That's, that's also, funny. What was his job? I thought he was like a tour guide, and then it turns out he's like the I, second in command of the company. Yeah, he's like the he co-founder is. of the company. <laughs> well, when Campbell Scott is as Dodson is like, he's just like me, but younger and he's like doing a once over on him, and I'm like, is this gonna get to something? Yeah. And then he's like. Do you, oh, I'm hungry. Do you have my food? Do you have one of my things? And no one says anything. He's like, oh, okay. All right, I'll see you guys. All right, goodbye. Yeah, what like, the hell is I that? thought that was going to come to something like, oh, he's eating dinosaurs he's, or something he, like that. He's eating plastic. <laughs> I yeah, thought, he's I, eating plastic. I, I thought he was just like awkwardly trying to avoid race as a description. I, but, like, what is the point of that? I, I just so felt like it was a racist, kind of a racist joke for no reason. But, yeah, but then why was he like, oh, do you have my food? I'm hungry. I'm in my tum-tum. Like, what? what is going on? So the whole point of... which I just got to bring up Henry Wu, uh, B.D. Wong. He, he All right. somehow gets the same arc every movie. Oh, what I did was wrong. You've done this, like, yeah, ten times. Right. Why Stop, are you... Ne- <laughs> Like Edie Wong deserves better. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it literally this was the whole point of the Jurassic Park films, and he's already doing it again. He's like, oh no, I messed up. How can I not have foreseen this? <laughs> this is every movie you go through this every time. Yeah, and when when Justice Smith, you know that like bounty hunter guy who we learn yeah. nothing about, because we literally learn nothing. Because when Justice Smith is showing Owen and Claire, he's like. He's a real piece of work. We get no rap sheet or anything. He's just like, he's, he's a real rude man. dude. You uh, you delivered that line with more uh, <laughs> with more character than he did, though. The Justice yeah. Smith voice. He's a real character. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Just, hey, I know that. I know that's your your daughter or whatever. But uh, don't go to Malta and save her, please. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, I know you're you're seething with rage <laughs> right now. I just I just bought the quarry, which stars Justice Smith, and I'm gonna play that later. So. <laughs> oh. uh, and then we get the the like just seriously sitcom level of when um, Alan and Ellie are taking the tour with Ramsey, and he's like, "Okay, I have to go take care of something. The elevators are over there, but don't you." dare go to the other elevators because those are where our most secret just top confidential things are don't go over there as soon as i leave you please okay bye and then he leaves and then they're like 
They literally like look at you, and then they walk to the elevator. My my favorite part of that is he's like, "You're you're, it, it, they won't open for you." Then what do you care? Like they're yeah. not gonna open. Why are you telling him? Oh, our secret labs are down there. Don't go down it's, there. It's it's because he's another General Hux where he's secretly the spy. For some, yeah. for oh, I guess I kind of oh yeah. So if there, that, but, but it was very reminiscent of of Rise of Skywalker when Hux was just like, "I'm the spy." Like, why? Yeah. So uh, that's actually a good point. Was he perhaps leading them to there? Oh, I guess he could. Yeah, because yeah, he did say like, "I knew you were gonna stop them or something." And... Yeah. He just so, freaking shows up out of nowhere. Okay. You know what? I I, I didn't give enough was... credit to Ramsey. Maybe he was leading them there. Um, the Barbasol can we get... Oh my god, can we talk about that for a second? Please do, go ahead. Uh, who was combing Isla Nublar? Like, at, at, at some point, most likely before the it got destroyed or whatever. Who, but who was, regardless of when when it happened, who was combing Isla Nublar and saw that Barbasol can? It's like, huh, I guess we better keep this. Yeah, really? Well, they don't... They don't like litter there. That's <laughs> so why. they kept it. So they, but they, so they kept, okay, did, would they have kept it not knowing its significance, or, like, who else but, like, know. Newman knew the significance of it? <laughs> I think they call him Newman Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Knight, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and then he has the same death scene as Wayne Knight. Which was uh, just one. awful, like. And then. But did he, am I mistaken, did he ask the dinosaur, what's your story, before he <laughs> got he, killed? I, he could have. I was mentally checked out of the movie at that point. He might have. It was just, like, so drawn out. It's like, we know what you're doing. Like, get it over with. Uh, not And then <laughs> when the woman in Malta is fighting Claire and Claire has, like, that taser, the woman is slashing at Claire with a knife. And Claire, like, gets her with the taser, and she's like, you don't use that on people. (laughs) You're slashing at her with a knife, and, like, but she can't use the taser? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not fair game, man. We end this off with dinosaurs coexisting with animals. We have horses running with dinosaurs, whales swimming with dinosaurs, birds. And there's no animosity whatsoever between these species who are now operating in the same territory because animals never do that. So, then we're all good. Did they um? Did they drop the apex predator line at some point in this movie? I can't remember. Yes, they did. I didn't want to mention it, but <laughs> yes, they did. They had to have. My favorite part out of this whole movie is the fact that like Fallen Kingdom set this up, and yet the entirety of the movie has nothing to do with the dinosaur problem. They're just rounded up. No. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, now they're safe. There had to be flaming locusts. Yeah, which I I don't get that solution at all. Set all the locusts on fire. Was that the solution? I thought that was just an accident. I think was he, it? no. He was just trying to cover it up, and then it. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was loose. trying to cover it up by lighting them on oh. fire. The solution was like to reverse their DNA, so like they can't mate or something. But there's millions of them still. Like I didn't understand that. <laughs> uh, not again. Quite entertaining. Not a fantastic movie. I don't want any more. No, Do you guys? No, I'm done. I don't need any more. Stop it. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna contrast you guys a little bit here, uh, because it's not that I wouldn't want more, but I think because I, I do still think that the 
Dinosaurs coexisting with humans premise is interesting enough. I, I'd be willing to give it another shot if they really leaned into that more instead of using it as like a as like a an afterthought almost. Yeah. You know. Well, I I agree. This question of what creatures deserve life, who deserves life once it is created, has been underlining these last three films, but they don't ever address. Well, they kind of do in Fallen Kingdom. Uh, and we can get to that in our rankings. But I agree. I'm all for any creative uh, reimagining of this. But if it's going to be more of this stuff, I'm good. I, I don't want it give anymore. Me, no, thank you. Give me Godzilla versus Kong versus Jurassic Park. And they're just, yeah. <laughs> just throwing dinosaurs at each other. <laughs> that Or what about uh, what about the Transformers Dinobots versus <laughs> yes, okay, Jurassic Park? Michael Bay, you hear us? There's your next Transformers movie. <laughs> no. Do, do some more ambulance type stuff. All right, you guys good with Dominion before we go on and rank all these movies? I am not good with Dominion, but I'm done talking about it. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a brief break and be back to rank all the Jurassic Park movies after a brief word from our podcast friends. Hey, you there. Do you like podcasts? Are you tired of the bullshit? Well, this is not the podcast for you. Actually, it is, and we are... The Lords of Swine! We discuss nerd culture. And we drop every Tuesday on any platform. We're literally everywhere. All right, we're back ranking all the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World movies. There have been six of them um, from 1993 to now. Let me just say this first, because there's... Unlike some other lists, there's not going to be a lot of high tension as to what is at the top spot is there any contention that jurassic park the original is in the number one spot wait that's not jurassic park three no it is not <laughs> it is the first jurassic no, park it is it is obviously the first jurassic park at the top no it's jurassic world fallen kingdom no it is not just stop with that it's you know it this is a really interesting franchise well that's generous it's, but it's, it's Transformers Age of Extinction. Uh, no. It's This is fascinating because it's not like it's not like Star Wars where many different people have made many strong cases as to why each entry is the strongest one, um, at least amongst the original three and some others. But Jurassic Park isn't even close. The original is so far ahead of all the others. And it's a testament to it that the love for it has withstood all the onslaught of like these really mediocre to bad sequels. Um, so perhaps we can discuss the number one spot first. What do you guys think about the first Jurassic Park? I mean, it's a classic. It was one of the staple movies of my childhood. Um, it's just so well made. It's well acted. The, the dinosaur effects, especially for the year it came out, just hold up so well, like you were saying in our last segment Mike it's just it's a bona fide classic movie there's really not not much I can say about it that hasn't already been said yeah Tyler I, I kind of wish you know I agree with everything Matt said but I kind of wish I was around then to see it in theaters because I feel like that would have been such a spectacle to actually see the first one in theaters mm. you get to this one and you're just like yeah this is okay <laughs> like, but back then to see like the effects and stuff which were groundbreaking at the time would have been awesome yeah i was watching it a couple of years ago and 
like just watching the scene where the T-Nex is the T-Nex, the T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, the T-Nex is rosing. The T-Rex is nosing the Jeep around. I was so impressed with every single move of this movie. Like every cut, every camera movement. I'm like, this is how you do it. This is amazing. Uh, fun fact. Whenever Tyler and I are at an establishment that has a touch tunes at it, we play the Jurassic Park theme song. It that doesn't matter true. if it's a bar or a restaurant. We play it, and <laughs> we get mixed reactions. One guy like literally stopped what he was doing once, and he was like, yeah, all right. Uh, but it does always stop the room. Like I said, the dinosaurs look better than they ever have. Just moves from one riveting scene to the next. And the whole cast, as opposed to Dominion, is doing some of their best work. Right? Wayne Knight, Laura Dern, Sam Jackson, everybody is awesome in that. Let's go back to number six. What would you guys put in the number six last spot? Oh, that's rough. It, it, it'd be, it's like a toss-up between Dominion and Fallen Kingdom for me. Mm-hmm. Everything else I can get some redemption out of, like even the smallest bit. But those two, I just, I did not enjoy them at all. Matt, you care to break that? I gotta put Fallen Kingdom at the bottom purely because it was the catalyst for what we got out of Dominion. Like if, like Dominion basically was was building off from missteps that were made in Fallen Kingdom, I think. Yeah, but I will argue that the end of Fallen Kingdom, which I would put as last, I think Fallen Kingdom is the worst, actually does set this up pretty well because at the end of Fallen Kingdom, and we're, we're going to be talking some spoilers for these six movies, um, apologies in advance, but, you know, it, it does set up this thing of like, well, if we're releasing them out into the world, we're choosing life for these creatures that are already alive, okay, what can you do with that? And I would say that Dominion could have made that into a great movie while still yep. picking up those pieces, but they just made every wrong decision. Yeah, they're like locusts. <laughs> you know, you know. the other thing I was thinking too after this one is like, so before J.J. came in and cleaned house with, and I, I hate to keep going back to Star Wars, but there are a lot of parallels between the last two Star Wars movies and these last two movies in this franchise. Um before JJ came in and started cleaning up, uh, you know, doing the Disney boardrooms bidding and all, um, I believe it was Colin Trevorrow that was supposed to be helming Rise of Skywalker. And I'm just trying to picture a world where, like, if maybe we were just, again, maybe we were just doomed either way, because if this is how Colin Trevorrow handles, um, if this is how he handles uh, end cap movies of a trilogy, I'm not sure his Star Wars movie would have been much better than what we ended up getting. I mean, it couldn't have been much worse. So. Exactly. I know. Yeah. But that's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, the one he didn't do, I would put last, Fallen Kingdom from 2018. That one, you know, all these movies are like a baseline of entertaining. I don't think any of them are the worst thing that I've ever seen. I'll say that, but... That one's just long. It's confusing. It's not. It's not that fun. Some of the stuff's all right, but it's not that fun. Um, J. A. Bayona directed that one. It it has that r- absolutely ridiculous clone reveal that just seems like it comes out of nowhere. And 
you know, at the end, they arguably make the wrong choice to just release the dinosaurs into general society. Uh, that, that seems like maybe second chance you don't do that. Um, probably the biggest reason I put Dominion above this one is because Dominion is like a little bit more ridiculously fun. Like it's so absurd that you, you, you're able to have a good time. Uh, five, I put Dominion. Do you guys have any gripes with that? No, no. I mean, I was toss-up, so... Yeah. Uh, four, what do you guys have? Um, I have to fully admit I did not see the second two of the original trilogy, so I guess I would put those in there somewhere. All right, so Tyler, what do you think? I would put... Uh, probably put... Um, I can't even think of the names now. Lost... The Lost World Lost is the King, second Lost one. World, yeah, it's probably that there. I'll give a reason for why Jurassic Park 3 has a slight edge. You know, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But I thought, like, I went back and watched it, and I thought the, um, like, the CGI of the dinosaurs was worse than it was. Like, the technology of the dinosaurs was worse than it was in the first Jurassic Park. I agree. It, the, the San Diego scene looked ridiculous. Like, the close-up of the dog, when it, like, picks up the dog, none of that looked like it was actually on the screen. It looked mm. like it was, like, <laughs> just, like, I was, like, being, like, that was just put there, like, over the screen. And I'm like, this this looks horrible. Yeah. Like, for a dinosaur rampaging through a city, it did not look good. And, I like, that was the, the main set piece of the movie. And I thought they didn't even land that. And I just was not a fan of that movie. Yeah. We did not make a collective list before our recording right now. Um, but coincidentally, I same with me. Number four, I have The Lost World. Um, this came in 97, so four years after the original. Spielberg did it. Again, David Kep wrote it. It was loosely based on the Michael Crichton sequel to his original Jurassic Park novel. So it's surprising that this thing is not very enjoyable with that, that talent behind it. After the absolute thrill ride of the first one, this one just seems to have no life. And it's such a far drop-off that it makes makes it one of those sequels where you're like, why does this even exist? Like, I don't, I don't want to be sitting here watching this. And again, it's not it's not a, a bad movie. It has an interesting concept in the beginning, right? After the wild events of the first one, you do wonder what happens after that sort of catastrophic event. Um, and you kind of get an answer, but then they just pull an Empire Strikes Back and they're like, oh, well, there's another Dino Island, so you got to go there and run away from some dinosaurs. And this one, I don't know, Tyler, tell me if you notice the same thing, but this one seems to like play up or highlight human suffering more than the first one. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, if that, I don't know, does that make sense? I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a little more gruesome, but like without yeah. any payoff for it. And it's just it's just not nearly as sharp as the first one. So for number three, I'm going to assume, do you have Jurassic Park 3 or is it Jurassic it's, World? It's Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, why? Uh, so I, this movie's up on third, even though I don't think it's a very good movie. Um, but this, the Spinosaurus was my favorite dinosaur from watching this as a kid. I got a little Spinosaurus toy afterwards. Nice. And I, I love the Spinosaurus. <laughs> I love the scene where it, I'm going to spoil here, I guess, when it snaps the T-Rex. And I, I realized that's like the most controversial scene in the history of Jurassic Park. People were going nuts losing their mind over that. Uh, but it was it was badass. The the the, the Spinosaurus snapped the T Rex neck in its neck in its jaws. That that that's badass. I'm sorry. It might be stupid, but this whole franchise is after the first one. So 
Yeah, I, I also have this as number three. This one came uh, in 2001. So again, we're getting these these sequels that are like long after. Um, this was done by Joe Johnston, who he did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He did October Sky, which is a movie I think we need to talk about at some point. I love that movie. He did the first Captain America this script went through many hands, including Alexander Payne's, which would you would not expect. Jurassic Park 3 is quite disconnected from the other two. Even though I like it more than The Lost World, it does feel like a B-movie version of Jurassic Park, like a dino movie you'd see on the sci-fi channel. And like I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, because obviously I like it more. And the thing I like most is the dynamic of Taya Leone and William H. Macy, there, there's this divorce couple who, again, spoiler, they trick Alan Grant into helping them save their son after a really absurd parasailing accident that leaves him <laughs> stranded on, on Dino Island. Um, it's brief. It's fun enough. It's still not very good, but it's, it's in the number three spot for me, which leaves us with number two. Matt, what do you think of Jurassic World? No, I, I enjoyed Jurassic World for what it was. I I think it was before we really got this oversaturation of nostalgia reboots, so I think it was pretty effective in what it did. It was also before Chris Pratt uh, became a bit of a social pariah, um, mm. <laughs> for lack of I, a better term. Even, even just like saying, even exempting that fact, it's before Chris Pratt was just Chris Pratt in every single movie. Yeah. So, like, we didn't have this bog standard character that he plays, like, everywhere. So, you know, I think it was more enjoyable then. Now it's just like, oh, yeah, we've seen this a million times. And of course, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard is also fantastic in everything she does. I also, um, I mean, I, a side note, I really hope she starts directing more things. Yeah. I really like her as a director. Um, I like the the premise. Um, I mean it's a bit derivative, but it's it's fine. It's a nice. It was it seemed like it was a pretty promising foray back into the Jurassic universe. Mm. Yeah, I. You know, you're right. It's still no Jurassic Park, and it's pretty far from it. But I agree, it's pretty fresh. It's pretty fun. This is the only other time besides the original where I, I had a good time watching the new dinosaurs that they introduced. And like you said, with the characters and like Chris Pratt just being Chris Pratt, this is the one time within these latter three movies where I feel like there is at least some semblage of character, right? You know a little bit about who Claire is working at the park. You know a little bit about who Owen is. And then they just like bleed their colors in the later ones and they just become nothing um the late great Irfan khan is fun in this the pterodactyl rush scene works although it has the stupidest kiss that i've seen in any movie besides <laughs> besides we're gonna bring it back again the rise of skywalker <laughs> um, so many parallels yeah the the mystique of like this bigger batter dinosaur that they're creating works the showdown with the t-rex is a cool moment i like jurassic world i think more than a lot of a lot of people do do you tyler yeah, I definitely did enjoy this. I think it was kind of cool to go back to seeing, like, a Jurassic Park incident again. It was fresh enough then, like Matt said, it wasn't oversaturated. So, like, it was like, hey, cool, dinosaurs again. Yeah. Now it's just like, okay, you know what, whatever. 
But um, I will say, like, as the Jurassic Park franchise, I was telling you this, saying this before we started recording, Mike, it, it's all, everything, every almost every movie is just like, this CEO is making a mistake. <laughs> and they, it's like the 10 different company CEOs are just, just making mistakes with these dinosaurs. Yeah. And this one was was one of them, too. He, like, goes up in the helicopter. <laughs> that was so dumb. But anyway, you got you got Vincent D'Onofrio as the bad guy of this one. So, I oh, mean, even his true. worst roles, he's badass. So I love Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that if you didn't, how uh, you, you you know you get Vincent D'Onofrio as an antagonist, and you you'll always like to see it. Yeah, imagine if he had been playing his character that he plays in the Cell in this movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Cell. It's a gnarly one. Um, I don't know if I recommend it, but yeah. And then the number one spot is Jurassic Park. Just like Matt, like you said, such a classic of a movie. Um, I, one that I just kind of wish they had left alone, but they didn't, and that's okay. You guys have any final thoughts on the Jurassic Park franchise? Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end it with that. Uh, if you have any thoughts about Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Dominion, any of that stuff, please write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com if you like the show tell a fellow movie lover rate and review on your favorite podcast channel and follow us on twitter and instagram at ScreensaversPod and our facebook silver screen savers podcast matt where can you be found online you can find me over at maddie x sturds s-t-u-r-d-z that's on instagram twitter and letterbox tyler you can find me on instagram and twitter at tyler sutkus and on letterbox at tyler 96 and I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at M Gallet. Well, thank you all for listening so much. We'll see you next time. Stop it. If, if any of you give money to this movie and they make another one, I'm holding all of you personally <laughs> accountable for this. No, we need to make a bunch of memes so they release it back into theaters for a second no. time. No, we're, we're out. It's, <laughs> it's Dominion time. Stay down to bone. Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallant, Tyler Sukis, and Matt Sturdivant. With additional editing by Matt Sturdivant. Intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay. Logo design by Nathan Seidel. <laughs>